Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to Minisode 85 of Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lapsed horror writer and an occasional doer of musical things. And I'm Andy Stewart, sticky guy. Good morning. And I say good morning because for date stamp purposes we're recording this at 9.30 on a Sunday morning. Wow, bright and early. The things we do, honestly. <laughs> Up with the luck. How are you? I'm good. I'm very good. What about you? How are you? What have you been watching? Well, I have a couple of things to report, but one obviously I kind of have to keep for later. Sure, sure. But I nipped onto Netflix this week and uh, anyone who listens regularly and checks out the streaming platform section of this show might have heard me mention a couple of weeks ago a film called Amy. Yeah. A-M-I. Yeah, 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 I've got a vague memory of this. Right, so uh, this landed on Netflix, I think, around about a month ago. And for some reason, I just kind of decided, I took it into my head this week, that that was what I was going to (laughs) watch. So what you have with Amy is the main character, Cassie, who I believe is supposed to be kind of like late high school, is not. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, she's a high schooler who has, her mum's died. Right, that's a shame. And... Uh, yes, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's she's not doing so well with that. And also, her boyfriend is like hilariously cunty. <laughs> you know, just just like every second he's on camera, he's just an impossible dick. Like it just his his assholery is crammed into every available crevice. Like the woman beats you to death with the fact that you're supposed to hate this guy, and you do. So she's kind of struggling away with all these things. Also, she has a friend who unaccountably sleeps with all her boyfriends. Apparently, with the friend sleeps with. All Her of Cassie's boyfriends, boyfriends. right? Yeah. Okay, and that's that's just fine, is it? That's just accepted. Oh no, it's like it's it's all it's all very covert and shady. But basically, I think that she's a little bit hard up for companionship. Is what, is what I'm getting at. Right. Okay. So she downloads this thing to her phone. Amy A M I is an acronym. It is artificial machine intelligence because, of course, it is. Right. So she downloads this and calibrates it to have a voice that is very similar to her mother's. Okay. Because you can choose from a bunch of voices. You know how these things go. You know, sure. like the rules of the technology and these things are pretty elastic. And then she says, oh, you sound like my mother. And the machine is like, oh, do you want to call me mother? Okay. And she's like, yeah, okay. And just kind of adopts this into her life that she can now talk to her mom, basically. Okay, okay. Um, Troubling. Yeah. So basically, she kind of starts to cope with things and feel better by doing this. And obviously, things kind of take an increasingly sinister tone. Again, this is a film that kind of puts kind of near future technology in something, but then expects you to have no real knowledge of how that might function. <laughs> it's like, you know that thing in the 90s where like anyone with a laptop in a car could hack into traffic lights and stuff like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, you could cause multiple pileups. Yeah, it's and you know, or like you can make a plane fall out of the sky. It's a bit like that. This technology single-handedly uncovers all these terrible, duplicitous things that are happening in her life and shows them to her. And obviously, eggs are on to wreak bloody revenge on all the people that have wronged her. This this film is by turns kind of quite dull and ludicrous. (laughs) And what I would say is that there's nothing going on here that wasn't done infinitely better in the Black Mirror episode. Be right back. 
Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. At the Donald Gleeson one from season two. Yeah. And I think the reason that that worked is because it was scary, but it also had a little bit of a kind of emotional centre. And I don't feel like Amy has an emotional centre. I think that that's the problem. I think that it's setting out to be this kind of partially tech feebly, partially horror thing. But, I mean, everyone is kind of like on the arsehole spectrum here and they're just kind of varying degrees of unpleasant and she's not particularly sympathetic despite the fact that she's bereaved and she is being kind of wronged at every turn by her friends family loved ones etc as this gets near the end it goes off the boil it goes off the deep end unbelievably it just becomes an absolute farce in the last quarter of an hour or so (laughs) and the, the final scene is like kind of supposed to be this kind of nasty stinger right and it's hilarious i couldn't find much to like here the score is really good actually i will say that beyond that i would say if ghost in the machine horror stuff is what you're after then watch unfriended dark web (laughs) and if you are looking for a variation on this story watch the black mirror episode be right back there's nothing here that you can't find better elsewhere (laughs) (laughs) oh well that's pretty far from a ringing endorsement (laughs) <laughs> well you know you can't like everything no uh, you can't yeah, Mitch you can't and it's good that you don't yeah I agree I agree because if you like everything then what's your opinion worth you know I do know I do know so what about yourself I watched something that I liked oh good okay cool let's turn the tone of this around uh, well I mean it's nothing new I've dug back into the past but I got my hands on 101 Films's Blu-ray release of Prom Night oh nice okay cool okay. which I think you watched fairly recently uh, right? yeah. yeah I'm yeah, right, I'm right in saying that yeah mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, obviously, kind of a lot of people who listen to the show will be familiar with that film, but how is it as a package? Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, there's a, a pretty good documentary on there called Chasing the Final Girl, which is about the final girl in horror, obviously. Cool. Um, and there's also a weird but pretty entertaining commentary from uh, Paul McAvoy from Fright Fest and oh, wow. Jake West. Nice. Okay, cool. Um, which is a surprise. <laughs> they are very capable talkers, those gentlemen, and very interesting talkers as well. Yeah, yeah. It's, pre- it's pretty good. I mean, I don't need to talk too much about the film. Everyone has seen Prom Night. And by, for the record, I'm talking about the 1980 Prom Night, not the terrible remake. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it's great. Good. Cool. Uh, is that about your lot for this week then? More or less, Mitch. I've had a I've had a busy and confusing week. <laughs> I know the feeling, actually. I've got um after we do this, I've got a very clear Sunday in front of me, and I'm gonna just try and catch up on a couple of things that I've been putting off or that I haven't had time to watch over the last little while. So um, yeah, I'm kind of hoping that I'll come back next week with a few more things to talk about, and hopefully things that I liked a little bit more. <laughs> well, uh, I hope you're going to do a bit of research for this week's show. Well, yeah, we did. We'll get to that, but yes, that'll definitely be happening. <laughs> uh, also, and just on a slightly unrelated note, one other thing that I've got going on this week that I'll almost certainly talk about next week is tomorrow, today, if you're listening on Monday, uh, me and a couple of my friends are heading to St. Luke's in Glasgow for a live recording of the No Sleep podcast. You've talked about the No Sleep podcast plenty of times on this show. It's my favourite podcast ever, and it was the first one that I listened to with any regularity, and it kind of it got me into podcasts as a notion, and it's one of the many contributors to how we ended up here, I think. Yeah. And a couple of the voice. so for anyone that's unfamiliar, No Sleep podcast, a horror fiction podcast, has been running for 13 seasons. It's fantastic, and a couple of kind of my favourite voice actors from it are going to be there and stuff like that it's uh, so it's just a couple hours a few stories right and mm-hmm. obviously in a very cool location yeah 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 st luke's is a cool place yeah so um i'll be coming back and hopefully very loudly enthusing about that next week as well excellent well I'll, I'll look forward to seeing how that goes definitely so i did obviously watch one other thing this week i'm very interested in this one go on mitch what's your shock 100 
Can you believe this? It's number 99. Yeah, so, I mean, it's a 50-50 which one you've watched. Was it Possession or was it The Exorcist 3? Put me out of my misery. It was Possession. Right, wonderful. So, my first Slavsky film? Yes. Which I'm sure will come as a surprise to no one. <laughs> one that actually, like, long before we'd started talking about doing the Shockwaves 100, stuff like that, it's one of those things, I've heard it being talked about on other podcasts. Mm-hmm. I've wanted to see it for a long time. Right. But it's one of those things where I kind of built it up in my head because it sounded so much like something I'd like, and I'd seen little clips from it at kind of some horror events and discussions that I've been at and things. Sure. And it's like, this looks so much like something that I would really, really enjoy that I want to be in a position where I'm ready to just sit and really take it in, uh-huh. which is why it's taken 99 <laughs> slots for me to eventually get around to doing it. Yeah. I absolutely love this film oh wow i thought you were gearing up for a negative there if i'm honest with you mitch that sounded like you were about to drop a i hated this i don't get what all the fuss is about no i um i thought was i thought was brilliant i absolutely loved it i would be very keen to get recommendations from yourself and our listeners as well about which Zalewski films we should move on to. Right. But I love this. Loved it all. Just like uh, from the opening frame, I just got on board. I loved it. It's probably not Sam Neill as you've never seen him before, but it's Sam Neill as I've never seen him before. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Isabel Janney is absolutely unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I mean, from pretty much the opening frame, the hysteria level is through the roof. There's a level of melodrama to it, I think, that you have to just get on board with and I think that you would be shut out from it almost completely if you didn't <laughs> and I can understand why that would maybe drive some people away also I know that I'm talking about this like it's like I'm coming in with some kind of hot take about possession everyone I know everyone's seen it but it's new to me there was just something about it the entire field the way that everyone in it just embraces this escalating melodrama and the kind of mystery of it I just I just loved it it's right up there with the auditions and the angel hearts and things of my kind of favourites of these. So we're one film away from the end of the Shockwaves 100 now. So definitively, the last film that we're doing is The Exorcist 3. So a few questions arising from this. Okay. One, do I just watch it this week like I do with every other, and then we just know that it's done and that's that? Do I kind of try and put some kind of sense of occasion onto it? We could try and do one of those live podcast things where people can get on board and comment and we watch it, record it, and uh, put the episode out down the line. Live one sounds interesting. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, something we've been talking about trying. Could be a good time to do it. We have the technology, Mitch. For clarity, when we're talking about a live one, we're not talking about the live ones like in front of an audience. No, what we're talking about is streaming live as we are podcasting. You can dip in, you can listen, you can comment, and then we will release the episode as an episode down the line. I think that we, I think that sounds like fun. I think that finding a free night to do that might mean that this takes longer than a week. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, I mean, between babies and uh, work-life balance and live podcasts, it's probably quite difficult. Yeah, but um, stay tuned. We'll we'll work away. We'll come up with something for this. I think because it's been it's been a hundred weeks in the making, literally. Wow. So um, I uh, I think that it would be I think it would be good to do something a little bit different. Do you know what I would also like to say? I'm going to put this out there now. That kind of leaves a gap in our episodic structure. Yeah, this is the other thing that we're going to have to look at. Yeah, what do we replace the Shockwaves 100 mission with? Do we keep it as a kind of like educating Mitch thing? <laughs> yeah, I think that, that I think that that's maybe not bad. I think that I think that given the I think that my knowledge has obviously come on a fair bit. Okay. In the time that we've been doing this, but I think that I am still probably relatively green about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. we could do as we could do, like, something we talked about before, I think, is doing maybe a mini troll through genre. 
Yeah, like maybe subgenres, you mean? Yeah, and putting it out to, we could even put it out to the listeners. Say, here's a list of films, which of these is essential viewing for Mitch if he hasn't already seen it? Or pick a subgenre and just ask people to chime in with suggestions. Yeah, perfect. Okay, let's put something together. Yeah, a proposal. Yeah, so. So. What have they been saying? It is feedback time, and they've been saying plenty this week, unsurprisingly, mostly about Congo. <laughs> Yay, Congo! This has been a long time coming, uh, doing an episode on Congo, so we do have to say thank you to horror writer and host of An Ice Chianti, the podcast, Mr. John Crennan, for joining us and finally bringing Congo to the table. Great fun, that conversation. But yeah, set the social media channels alight, which I think is fair to say. Yes, uh, you guys showed up in a big way when we announced this. Uh, Dennis Extra Atherton on Twitter, you had me at Talking Gorillas. Uh, elsewhere, Scotty Henry, a real heel Scotty on Twitter. Great film, should be a fun one. Yep. Uh, Saltire Popcorn, at Saltire Popcorn on Twitter, getting in touch. For your information, strong, violent PC, my wife has an irrational fear of hippos. Every time I mention this, she reels off some of the hippo facts that Andy Makes Stuff shared this week. I did very much enjoy the hippo facts segment of that show. Yeah, and I was talking about the fact that I had introduced Hippo Facts into this episode. The person I was talking to was under the belief that perhaps Hippo Facts was becoming a regular segment. <laughs> and I had to I had to advise that no, Hippo Facts is in fact a one-off. Yeah, just do an episode in the middle of an episode on The Exorcist 4 or something like that and just be like, no, it's time for Hippo Facts. <laughs> yeah, Kevin also saying that uh, no Hungry Hippos has ever been played in the household. I hate Hungry Hippos. That is an obnoxious noise-making game and not much else. Yeah, it hurts the hand. It's just it's just garbage. I also, do you know what else I don't like? I don't like mousetrap. It takes too long to set up. Sometimes it doesn't work. The payoff isn't worth the time. You know what? You could not be more right. I had mousetrap in my house when I was a kid and it was one of those things that I could kind of tell that my parents had an aversion to doing with me because it obviously took ages. And at the time, I was obviously like, oh man, but now I look back on it, I was like, you are 100% right. That game is a colossal pain in the arse. Uh, it's such a footery waste of time. Uh, it really is. Uh, also, not a big fan of Kerplunk. Uh, I, did, I did like Kerplunk, I will say that. Anyway, um, another thing that we're not going to be introducing as a regular segment is us lambasting board games. <laughs> Fuck you, pop-up pirate. <laughs> uh, Andrew Marshall, semi-pro geek, one of many people getting in touch and referencing the uh, popular 90s beverage Umbongo. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people talking about Umbongo, but we've discussed it before. In fact, I came up with an off-the-cuff jingle. Yes, which is buried in a mini-sode, also called Umbongo, so if you want to hear that, you know where to find it. It's incredibly easy to find. <laughs> Tony, at Rhubarb and Mince, Tony Constantinou. Uh, mm-hmm. He used to watch this all the time when he was a kid. I seem to remember gorillas with laser guns. Hope I haven't misremembered that. Now, that's something that's quite important, because we didn't touch on it in the episode. But there's been this long-standing rumour that somewhere exists footage of one of the gorillas wielding the laser gun. Okay. I looked for it, I couldn't find it. I trolled YouTube to try and find any clips of it, and as far as I can see, that doesn't exist. But it's one of those things that people talk about, remember the gorilla with the laser gun. Right, okay. Curious. Perhaps should have mentioned it in the episode, but uh, yeah, yeah. If anyone has definitive proof that this scene exists, I would love to see it because it sounds hilarious. I don't think this scene exists. Tweak81, Faye Ellis on Twitter. Never seen this because it looked dogger, but we'll have to watch it now. What does that mean? Does that mean bad? Uh, yes, dog presumably. Shit? Presumably shite, yeah. Andre Martins at Callahan on Twitter. One of the most 90s movies the 90s gave us. Tim Curry, <laughs> as always, steals every scene. I'm not sure I agree. I don't think he steals more scenes than Ernie Hudson does. 
Um, opinions wildly differed um, across the board on the feedback on uh, Tim Curry's performance in this film, which was interesting. Uh, <laughs> one person who fell on the other side of the coin was uh, Dr. Lauren McIntyre, Dr. Death, nodding golf on Twitter. Yeah. Um, she actually posted a fairly extended thread uh, kind of live tweeting or watching it, which I would recommend everybody go and check out because it is very funny. But rather than read the whole thing, uh, she just said, so concludes my viewing of Congo. Fucking ludicrous, but enjoyable. Highlights are Ernie Hudson, suicidal evil gorillas, and hieroglyphic gorillas in loincloths. We'd love to see the sequel where Peter gets sacked for losing a priceless animal. Well, I mean, I think the sequel could potentially be an, an Italian cannibal film, as we discussed on the show, because they 100% got that balloon shot down and then beset by the cannibal tribe that they mentioned. There is absolutely no iteration of that where they got home alive. <laughs> Not a single one. Uh, that's my lot in Congo. Do you have anything else? I do. James Patrick Duffy on Facebook saying, I absolutely fudging love this film. I see. Okay. Uh, and then Bevan Quinn, just below it, posted a gif of Herkimer Hamolka eating sesame cake. Inevitably. A few people getting in with sesame cake references. Again, I decided to not read them all. <laughs> I think I'm done for Congo. Cool, me too. So I'm going to jump back in time a little bit. And when I say a little bit, I mean five miles, actually. Back to episode <laughs> six, Blair Witch 2. Wow! Um, so it was brought to our attention this week, I believe by our old pal film fan Stevie, that uh, the Horror Channel was showing Blair Witch 2, Book of Shadows this week. Or should I say, Book of Shadows, Blair Witch 2. Sure. So, uh, The Shakes 72, Dave Shakes, our pal, got in touch saying, Rewatching Blair Witch 2 on the Horror Channel Plus One. Long overdue a wider appreciation. Check out the Strong Violent PC episode on it. He did also say, About time for a rewatch through the prism of my new appreciation, thanks to the podcast. So, I'm um, glad you enjoyed that episode, Dave. I honestly, that is so, that feels so long ago. An unbelievably long time ago. But nice people are still digging that far back in the archives, I must say. Absolutely, and by all means, guys, continue to revisit these episodes. Yeah, if, any, if you spot anything that you think we might have forgotten about that made you laugh, let us know. I'll, all I have left is general stuff, so have you got any other film-specific things? I do. Going back a wee ways as well, um, Slugs. Oh, nice. Okay, cool. Um, obviously, we were joined at that time by Rebecca and Dave McKendry. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Twinklebox at Twinklebox666 has yep. checked this out, uh, saying, Strong Violent PC, catching up on some older episodes, you've inspired me to rewatch Slugs tonight, an old classic. Can't disagree with that. Absolutely not. Also wanted to say, I much preferred the new Fright Night to the original. Uh, Oofed. Incorrect, uh, I've got to say. But, oh. goes on, but then goes on to say, Also, my partner has no idea about horror films. I've made him sit through Slugs, and I managed to convince him it was Martin Scorsese's first film. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. That's amazing. Could you imagine if Martin Scorsese directed Slugs? It would be like twice as long and set in Sicily. <laughs> Isn't it already kind of shot in Sicily? Yeah, I think it is actually. <laughs> it's certainly <laughs> shot in Europe. It maybe wouldn't be that different. <laughs> Uh, and just one more from me, uh, Gorehound Zombie Slew on Twitter. Morning Angle, my bus journey this morning has produced a horror podcast wormhole of sorts. First of 2020 for Strong Violent PC has fed me on to spit grades, so that's I spit on your grades, the podcast we talked about last week. Sure. And I'm liking it. Here's to a morose Monday, Gorehounds. Keep it creepy. Wow, lovely. And I've got one more thing, general niceness here. Uh, Laura Bynan, Bynan LV, getting in touch to say, just catching up with Strong Violent PC Minnesota. I second the love for your treatment of cruising Elm Street to Hellbent. The term ally should be a verb, not a noun, and you definitely have been doing that. Thanks. That's lovely. Thanks very much. Thank you, Laura. And that just about wraps it for feedback for me, I think. Yeah, wow, that was a fair, fair old whack. A decent whack this week. Yeah, I had a feeling, you know, Congo was always going to open the floodgates a little bit, wasn't it? It was, and it did. So... 
Yeah. It's Mitch's Pitches! It is once again time for Mitch's Pitches. So, for anyone who's unfamiliar, Mitch's Pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment. And boy, does it. While we're yeah. recording, Andy will send a picture to my phone. It will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by, from which he will have photoshopped out the title, tagline, any identifying text. All that will be left will be the image and where applicable a border. <laughs> I, I will describe the image to the best of my ability and where possible give it a title and a synopsis based on the image alone. We will also share this to our social media channels that will be out there so you can play along at home, which a few of you did this week. Just a handful of uh, pitches this week. Last week we had Slaughter High. We did have Slaughter High, well remembered. Reapproof oh god. <laughs> Reappropriated <laughs> by me as um, a labyrinthine rhyming thing that I don't remember. <laughs> Go back and listen to last week's episode, you can hear it for yourself. Examination, damnation, the initiation of Vince Abrasion and his faithful Alsatian patients, I think, was what it was. <laughs> that sounds as close as you're going to get. Yeah, yeah, it's, that, that's kind of, it's kind of ballpark. Um, so yeah, just the four uh, this week, Andy McEwen on Twitter, when Mr. Gow, a high school English teacher, has a breakdown due to his badly behaved class, a sub, Mr. Plague, is brought in as the class <laughs> continues to misbehave. They're struck down with a strange sickness that doctors have never seen before. Will the students find a cure, or is the cure within them? Find out in 1979's Detention of Death. Right, okay. Uh, by an LV, Laura, supply teacher Randall Dick, knows how to reduce <laughs> class sizes in 1987's British trauma knockoff F for Effort. <laughs> Randall Dick becomes Randy Dick. Hey. Um, Hanny underscore Ray on Twitter, teacher's pet project. Oh. The news... <laughs> The new science teacher at How Much High seems too cool for school, but he has a sinister side, and that prop skeleton in his classroom is awfully convincing. Excellent. I love the fact that all of Hannah's are set at How Much High now. <laughs> I didn't even notice that. Yep, last few. Tony Constantine. When the students of Fergal Sharkey University find themselves at the mercy of the deranged Bramley Apple Bomb Specialist, unassuming student Ronnie must summon his suppressed supernatural abilities to crumble Babs once and for all. Starring <laughs> David Krumholtz as Ron Mintz Jr., it's 1999's <laughs> poorly considered spin-off, Graduation Flay, like father, like Mintz. <laughs> Is this a, a prequel? It's a spin-off. Right, okay, so it's all the young Ron Mintz, as in... Ron Mintz Jr. Ron Mintz Jr., yeah. Yeah, right, okay. That's all we had this week. Um, best character name to Randy Dick. <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, best pitch to Hanny underscore Ray. Cool, works for me. So, Laura and Hannah, congratulations. You both win a mighty helping of nothing. Special mention to Fergal Sharky High. <laughs> yeah, did enjoy that also. <laughs> and also, I just want to say, like... The past wee while when I've been kind of pulling these images together, I'll occasionally pull an image like the one that we're about to come on to and I'll go, uh, he's going to know what this is, he's going to know what this is. And I'm always amazed that you don't. Oh no, never, never. Like, sometimes I push things away that I'm thinking are too... I'm, I'm, I'm going to start going things that I think and most people, most other people would think are a bit more obvious. That's <laughs> just like send me the poster from school. Justice. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, without further ado, check your yep. phone. Oh, it's here. So that's what I was doing while I was talking there. Ah, very good, very good. Attempt to move things along. Okay, so, um, right, oh, that's a good one. So the border for the image is white. Thank you. Um, we have got, um, it looks like there's kind of an island in the background. You can't really see very much of it, but it looks like there's um, some kind of palm trees and sand and stuff uh, in there. In the foreground of the image, we have an army of very of like, identical looking Kind of scaly men. 
Right. Who all have kind of like what looks like kind of like a thin shock of grey hair. Uh-huh. They're all wearing kind of uh, goggles. Right. But, uh, presumably to aid in um, being able to see underwater. <laughs> okay. Uh, they're all wearing kind of what looks like kind of army jackets. Right. Um, that, are, that look like they're kind of leather with uh, kind of buttons at the, on each shoulder. Uh, they are extremely scaly, and there's a distressed woman, actually, uh, somewhere just buried in there. In fact, there's two distressed women, both on the boat that the principal scaly man is holding. Okay. In his uh, green scaly hands. <laughs> Did you also notice the man in the foreground? Oh, there's a man in the foreground falling off the boat. Excellent. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the proportions are really weird between the people in the boat. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's just about it, I would say. Uh, army of uh, scaly, let's say, marines. Oh, I see what you've done there. Very funny. <laughs> uh, look on as Principal Chief Scaly Marine holds a boat from which distressed people are falling. Okay, fine, fair, yes. Right, I will need a moment. With uh, regards to this, much looking ahead to your pitch, I don't know how far you're going to go uh, down the lines of these people being giants. <laughs> but let me tell you, it is just a proportionally incorrect poster. The, pr- the proportions are all over the shop, in pretty much every conceivable way in this poster. Excellent. Right, okay. I am just about there. <laughs> okay, are you uh, ready when you are? I can't wait. Right, here we go. I'm brimming with excitement. Following the events of the first film... <laughs> okay, is this a Mitch's sequel, right? Okay, fire on. I'm going to say right now it's a sequel, but there is no first one that I've done. Oh, right, okay. <laughs> a deep-sea excavation crew headed up by the spunky ex-marine Millicent Precision descend to the depths to explore the wreckage of a cruise ship in an attempt to uncover the truth about what happened to the ship and its 200 guests some 20 years prior and to attempt to recover the remains of the ship's legendary captain, Rusty Collander. <laughs> Everything's going as normal for Millicent and her ragtag crew of misfits as they explore the wreckage until her plucky sidekick Joe Everyman stumbles across a room on the ship that appears to have been used for ritualistic sacrifices. <laughs> After disrupting the bones of a drowned passenger, Joe accidentally prompts an underwater zombie uprising as the rotting remains of the crew and passengers rise from the dead and wreak havoc on board Millicent's submarine. Nautical nightmares abound in 1990s B-movie classic The Aquatic Undead 2, Rusty's Revenge. <laughs> Did you not a million miles off with the synopsis? Really? <laughs> okay, on you go. Uh, so, what year did you say? I said 1990. Wow, okay. Uh, you're quite a ways off, actually. We're going back to 1977. Oh, wow. Swinging super wild then. Okay. Yeah, and uh, the film is uh, almost human, perhaps better known as Shockwaves. Ah, okay, cool. And uh, do we have a synopsis and indeed a synopsisizer? Well, yeah, we do, and uh, 2020 is getting better and better every week, Mitch, because our synopsisizer this week is none other than our old pal on IMDb, Claudio Carvalho, all the way from Rio de Janeiro. Claudio Carvalho contributes on the show almost as much as I do. Yeah, yeah, and sometimes he's funnier. <laughs> okay, hit me. <laughs> the tourists Rose Chuck Norman and his wife Beverly hire the boat of Captain Ben Morris and his crew, the pilot Keith and the cook Dobbs. While navigating during the night, Keith crashes on a ship, and on the next morning they realise that the vessel is stranded and Ben is missing. They go to a nearby island on a small boat and they find Ben drowned. 
They find okay. a derelict hotel and soon they find they're not alone. <laughs> a lot of finding going on here. Uh, a weird man asks them to go away since they're in danger. Later he explains <laughs> that he was an SS commander responsible for his powerful troop of zombie Nazis. Now okay. they are returning and soon the group will die. It's like hell, I actually was quite close there. Yeah, you weren't, like I said, you weren't a million miles off. Uh, Shockwaves is great, by the way. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, that concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is now everywhere, so if you want to get in touch and uh, have a go yourself and uh, try and win yourself some nothing, then you can do that. We'll read out the best ones next week. So, let's take a look at the streaming platforms this week. And honestly, this is possibly, like, the biggest week there's ever been. This is a vintage week. So much stuff. Well, I mean, there's a lot of stuff. I mean, it's difficult to say in quality with some of it, but let's see what we've got. <laughs> so, uh, Netflix, Tuesday the 14th. We've got The Prodigy. All right, okay. I've uh, talked about The Prodigy on the show before, I'm sure. Yeah, I think that you, you've watched it. I haven't seen it, but I know that you've seen it. Um, yeah. When her brilliant young son starts behaving strangely, a mother suspects something malevolent at play and goes searching for answers. Wednesday on Netflix, we've got Eye for an Eye. A cartel boss is released from prison and unknowingly put in the care of a vengeful nurse whose life was tragically impacted by the drug lord. Wow, okay, that so sounds, misery. Yeah, pretty much misery, but it does sound pretty good. Uh, Thursday the 16th, got a Deadcon. A group of uber-popular social media influencers trip to a digital media festival grows dark when an evil spirit wants to lure them to their demise. There are so many words in that sentence I hate. <laughs> um... <laughs> Friday the 17th, A Fall from Grace, when gentle law-abiding Grace, see what they did there, confesses to killing uh. her new husband, her sceptical young lawyer, sets out to uncover the truth, a film by Tyler Perry. Oh man, wow, I didn't expect that last bit. Uh, I was going to say, is this the smoky thriller of the week? But uh, Perhaps, it's a, I mean, I, it's a I don't, Tyler Perry joint. I don't think it's Medea's Fall from Grace. <laughs> Wrapping things up on Netflix, and I actually think this sounds really interesting. Uh, on Friday as well, season one of Ares... Okay. Aiming to become part of Amsterdam's elite, an ambitious college student joins an exclusive society, unaware it's hiding a horrifying secret. Wow. Pretty into that. I like the sound of that a lot, actually. Uh, Shudder, just the one, Monday the 13th, so dropping today, you've got Cub. Ah, okay, cool. Uh, so that's an impressionable youngster sees and hears things that lead him to believe that his troop leader's scary tale about a feral boy is true. I like Cub, by the way. I, I, I really like Cub. Oh, cool. Okay, well, it's available to check out from now on Shudder in the UK. Uh, Amazon Prime, uh, Vikings is the new Mr. Robot in the Purge. Uh, we've got a new episode of Vikings on Friday. For fuck's sake. Okay. Uh, now TV, a few things on here as well. On Monday the 13th, you've got The Vault. Two estranged sisters hatch a scheme to rob a bank to save their brother. The heist begins smoothly, but mayhem soon ensues when the defiant manager sends them to a basement level where something truly evil dwells. What? Ooh. There's a lot going, there's a lot to unpack there. <laughs> um, Wednesday the 15th, Out of Blue. Uh, so this stars Patricia Clarkson, Toby Jones, and a couple of other notables. I thought you were going to say this stars a very annoyed Bob Ross running from paint shop to paint shop. <laughs> very good. Uh, so Patricia Clarkson stars as Mike Houlihan here. Wait, Patricia Clarkson stars as Mike Houlihan? Apparently so, yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> I think there's a typo somewhere. I've, I've, I've checked this, I've tried to verify this, and it does appear that that is the, situ that is the case. That is okay. the situation. Okay, Mike. Uh, this synopsis is a belter. Mike Houlihan is an unconventional New Orleans cop investigating the murder of renowned astrophysicist Jennifer Rockwell, a black hole expert found shot to death in her own observatory. As Mike tumbles down the rabbit hole of the disturbing case, she finds herself grappling with increasingly existential questions of quantum mechanics, parallel universes and exploding stars, cosmic secrets that may hold the key to unravelling the crime while throwing into doubt her very understanding of reality. Can we send whoever wrote that nothing? 
Certainly. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry to Hannah underscore Ray, but uh, that person wins the best synopsis of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, just moving away from films, actually, on uh, Now TV this week, uh, Sky Atlantic, 9 o'clock on Monday, so tonight. This, I think, will be of interest for a lot of people. Uh, it's a miniseries, but it is the premiere of The Outsider. Oh, yeah, the Stephen King adaptation. Yes, based on the Stephen King novel, new drama series which explores the gruesome murder of a local boy and the mysterious force surrounding the case. I just got that book for Christmas. Oh, really? That's good, yeah. And the the show's got the ever-wonderful Jason Bateman in it, I believe. Oh, excellent. He really convincingly transitioned to sinister stuff, I think. Yeah, I've always liked him. I've liked him since Teen Wolf 2, Mitch. An absolute OG Jason Bateman fan. (laughs) Uh, so that is everything I believe for the streaming platforms this week. But yeah, no shortage of stuff to get stuck into there. I would say for a pick of the week this week, I would probably say The Outsider, but I think that you might say Cobb. Oh no, I'm going to say the thing about the person that's uh, been murdered in the observatory. Out of blue? Yeah, out of blue, yes, very much, yes. <laughs> Massive difference of opinion on the pick of the week this week. But everything's <laughs> out there. Uh, go check it out. And if you do check any of it out, drop us a wee line and let us know what you think of them. We always like hearing what people think of things. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention at the top of the show that earlier this week I watched Don't Fuck With Cats. Oh, God. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're oh. going to mix things about that. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not a fun ride. No. Um, but uh, pretty interesting, and it leaves you feeling quite terrible about you as a, yourself as a person and right. the world at large. <laughs> Fucking hell, okay, sounds great. <laughs> so turning our attentions to this week's show then. Oh man. And we do have a guest. We do have a guest, and we have a film which, I, I'm just going to throw my hands up right now, I'm extremely curious to see how the guest defends this so who's doing the defending? Well, he is the director of the 2019 Fright Fest selection, Sadistic Intentions. It's Mr. Eric Penikoff. Excellent stuff. Uh, and I can't wait to speak to Eric. And uh, I can't wait to hear what he's got to say about this one. Go on. Well, the year is 1997, Mitch, and it's a sequel. And it's fair to say that it's a maligned sequel, currently rocking a pretty poor 3.7 out of 10 on IMDb. Okay. Possibly still not the worst that we've done. Uh, in terms of IMDb score, but oh, I wouldn't say so, no. But uh, yeah, sequel territory. It's Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Oh, excellent. Sadistic Intentions director Eric Penikoff joins us this week to talk Mortal Kombat Annihilation. How do you feel about that? If you want to get in touch and let us know, then there are, of course, loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC, and you can email strongvioluntscenes at gmail.com. Yep, and as you know, we have our website, strongviolentpod.com. Get on there, have a wee look around. You will find live dates as and when they're mentioned. You will find little biographies about us. You will find a non-exhaustive list of places you can listen to us. And you can, of course, find links to our Tee Public page, which has some fun little designs up there. Outstanding, you can indeed. We're back Friday. Eric Penikoff joins us to talk Mortal Kombat Annihilation and, of course, a little bit about sadistic intentions too. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it's better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chuds. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.